everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but he's also a blogger and content contributor for the Holy Ruckus and just a content contributor in general. And he has his master's of science and communication from Purdue University. He's a media director up in New York. It's Matt Hanna. Hi, Matt. Hey, Julie. What's up? How's it going? Good. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today. The weather has, I, I live in Virginia. I know you're up in New York, so it's probably even cooler yeah. up there, but it was like warm. It just, it's March right now when we're recording. It's so like weird. It's warm and then it's cold yeah. again. So I'm like ready for spring. What's it been like up there? It's surprisingly like in like the mid sixties, which is weird because it was nice. literally like sleeting and snowing all Sunday and Saturday. So like my body's low-key kind of confused on what to do and how to acclimate to the climate but uh it feels nice i actually went for a walk with my dog i could actually go out without a jacket and it was comfortable felt very cozy yeah i'm so ready for the warm weather i feel like we've had a pretty in virginia it's you know we have mild winters but we get like Mm. every snow every once in a while but it's been pretty cold so i'm ready what would you like to share what else would you like to share with uh our listeners about yourself yeah, sure. So I think you you got, you summed it up pretty pretty well. So yeah, so I've been a, a media director in New York City for the past uh, three four years now, which is crazy how time flies. Um, got my master's at Purdue and um, kind of the TLDR story of my life. So I was a, a touring musician in my early and mid twenties. Uh, played throughout the country and opened up for people like Tori Kelly, us the duo, Tim Atlas, a bunch of. Um, big indie names and big names and also the Christian scene as well. Um, and then just through life, uh, music changed, my career changed, and I was kind of finding myself through that process. Fell in love with podcasting, fell in love with audio, uh, kind of a nice pivot outside of music uh, into mm-hmm. something new. And then I pivoted even more and got into editing audio and video in New York, uh, got into the public sector in the nonprofit world. And now I, I, uh, I'm the director of media for a nonprofit in Midtown Manhattan. So kind of by, by God's grace, he kind of led me and he's continuing to lead me on uh, this path. So it's been it's been a process and a journey, a lot of hills and valleys, but but glad to be here. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm on my background. So my master's is in theology, but my bachelor's mm. is in media studies. So I'm also obviously oh, nice. I'm doing I do what I do because I'm a media geek. I teach journalism and media literacy in addition to scripture at the school that I work at. And I'm also a musician. So I love that we have this kind of similar back. I definitely was not yes. opening for Tori Kelly or anything like that, but <laughs> I, I dabble like I'm, I'm a classically trained pianist. So um, oh, no way. I think there is yeah. that like correlation. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day about because she's a painter and I was like, we're talking about creativity and how uh, a lot of that can translate to different creative mediums. So we're talking about cooking. I love yeah. cooking, for example. I love ingredients. There's a certain rhythm in, in, in cooking when you're cooking with a person in a kitchen. Um, and it's kind of the same in terms of like music in a band, too. So I think a lot of these things do tend to translate from one medium to another. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I, I started the podcast in the pandemic, like at the beginning, because I wanted to be mm-hmm. creative. Like I you know, were trapped in our homes and I didn't know I needed an outlet. Right. And also to connect with people in that time, we weren't able to see each other. So this yeah. was just a kind of a cool way for me to be creative. And I think also scripture connects to my love for media as well, because, you know, St. Paul letters, all that. It's just about messages and storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I love all that. Yeah. I feel like connected. Anyways, speaking of scripture, let us get into the scripture you've chosen today. It is Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. So I'm going to have you read that for us. And which translation have you decided to share? Uh, I guess the Catholic translation, New American. Okay. Um, I have the, cool. the, the quote up here. Uh, so Ephesians two ten, 
For we are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has prepared in advance that we should live in them. Ephesians 2.10. Okay, so I'm going to give a little kind of like where we're at in Ephesians and what the letter to the Ephesians is a little bit about. Um, it's a letter about the church, obviously, and like the church is just getting started and they're coming, like setting up their rules and their laws. And Paul is trying to make clear that the church is not just for the Jews, but also for Gentiles. And so Ephesians really has a lot about unity in this first couple of chapters. Um, I've talked about the very infamous verse from Ephesians, which comes in chapter five about like wives and husbands. I talked about that in season two. So I'm glad we're doing like a different one that's a little bit easier to talk about. Um, But yeah, and in this part of Ephesians in chapter two, the label or the heading is the generosity of God's plan. And the footnotes for this chapter talk about, again, as I mentioned, both Jews and Christians and Gentiles have been given their salvation through Christ and are newly created people in Christ, which is a lovely sentiment to talk about. So I'm excited to talk to you about it. My first question is, why did you pick this passage? Yeah, sure. So um, as mentioned, as a musician, as a creative, uh, that's something that really brought me back to the faith because during my band days, uh, a good amount of my bandmates were Protestant, evangelical. I was a token Catholic in the group. And we would always talk on the road about endlessly on the road about just church culture and how we'd bond over church culture. Uh, and you're, you're driving hours on the road with bandmates going to random cities and flying and all these things. So you have a lot of time to talk <laughs> and bond and whatnot. Um, so realizing through these bridges of communication, these bridges of music, these bridges of faith, like you, we, we can create and we are given the ability to create because God, he, God himself, he himself creates. Uh, and I feel like uh, a lot of conversations I have with a lot of non-creatives, quote unquote non-creatives, I hate that term because I feel like everyone's creative in their own way. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone is, no matter what, even if you, you work um, as a web developer or if you're in IT or if you're in finance or anything like that, even though it's not necessarily traditionally creative, I think we all have a creative side to ourselves. Uh, if we do uh, want to dive into that, if we do want to kind of unleash that or maybe lift it up to God. I know I know a lot of friends of mine that are super type A, non-creative whatsoever, but I'm like, no, you are. I think we are are very creative in our own ways. So uh, that's why I always resonated with that with that Bible passage. That's something I've had literally sticky noted to my computer at work uh, on my mirror in my bedroom. Like it's something that I always kind of keep near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. I think that we all are just because we are we're God's creation and we reflect mm. him and he is he's the creator. So there has to be that element of create you know, creativity in all of us. We're meant yeah. as humans to create new life, you know, and also like no matter what our vocation, even if we're not called necessarily to the married life, like we can still create like through our art, through our, like, as you mentioned, I totally think that like people who are in tech or finance and these other worlds, maybe you're not considered like the arts, like they start, mm-hmm. they still are creating things. They're creating new, you know, technology and plans and websites. And I don't know, I think that's totally creative. Um, there is a quote I taught at a, a Salesian high school before I moved down to Richmond, where I'm now. And um, when this verse made me think of a quote from Bishop Ireton, or not Bishop Ireton, Francis de Sales, Bishop Ireton was the high school, but St. Mm-hmm. Francis de Sales says, be who you are and be that well, so that you may honor or bring honor to the master craftsman whose handiwork you are. So that word like handiwork um, and like, I think that the sales quote just really kind of like, is like, be who you are and own those gifts because like those gifts were created. And, and then by using them, you honor the one who created you. And anyways, that I love that notion of ownership yeah. and honor. I feel like being able to take ownership of, of what you have, especially now, um, 
I, I play more uh, secular cover music for on occasion uh, from time mm -hmm. to time. Uh, whereas before I played a lot of just original music for gosh, oh, I would say almost seven, eight years doing originals. And then now kind of, now that I'm in the space of uh, working in the city, I've been mostly doing cover gigs and sessions as a musician. And a part of me at the beginning was kind of like, I miss making, and I still do miss making original music, don't get me wrong. Uh, but the fact that uh, taking ownership, regardless of if I'm doing a cover or a worship song at a church versus what I used to do in the past, I'm taking ownership of my, of my abilities and still trying to to use that to to glorify the kingdom of God uh, and also an honoring God too in that as well. I think sometimes we uh, tend to, as artists too, especially artists that kind of fall in the nine to five uh, world eventually as we grow older, we, we're, we, we are tempted by the worldly things, whether it be money, bills, all these good, all these things that are kind of normal, right? And natural in, in, in adulthood and human existence now. Uh, but we get tempted out of being creative sometimes, uh, which is sad because I feel good. There's a lot of musicians I know, for example, like amazing stellar musicians, like exponentially better than I am that opt for the secure job uh, just for the sake of convenience or, or maybe maybe anxiety driven kind of thing where I'm like, okay, but you, you do have a skill set and you've, you've really invested not just monetarily, but just like spiritually, creatively, emotionally into something. Don't give it up just yet. Uh, and as someone who has, who's at hills and valleys of careers and income and all these things, um, and I was, I was giving advice to a younger friend of mine who just uh, graduated from college and he's wanting to pursue music. Uh, and I, I told him straight up, like, hey, man, like music never leaves you. You may leave it from time to time, right? But music yeah. never leaves you. And I think that's also kind of uh, indicative or evocative of the spiritual life too. Like you may have hills and valleys in your faith, but God never leaves you. God's always there to come back to, so to speak, if that makes sense theologically anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you said a lot of good things there. I think that our society does we are so we're product you know we're our american society like we want to produce things we want to market things we want to you know like it's it's not necessarily a, an environment that supports like this like kind of free spirit like on your own timeline and myself yeah. included like i'm a very tight you mentioned type a people i'm a very type a kind of person and so i even kind of restrict myself i think within my my art and my creation because sometimes i get in my own way of not just letting the spirit I think there is a spiritual element to it. Absolutely. Like a lot mm -hmm. of my artist friends are super spiritual, even if it's not necessarily with a religious institution, they are yeah. spiritual because they tap into that, like that, I don't know, just that there's like a freedom that flowing kind of like on your own timeline. I don't know. Why do you think it is that we maybe don't allow ourselves or like get in our own way about, um, about like creating? Yeah. Well, I think you, you mentioned, you know, restrictions and freedom, right? So like, I feel like whether it's our own negative self-talk or anxiety that restricts yeah. us from, you know, or it could be like worldly things uh, or it could be societal things, for example. Uh, so for the longest time too, like I was, uh, I graduated, I was initially a, a bio pre-med major, uh, literally for like barely a semester freshman year of college. Um, and I think I was, I was fantastic in science and I, I was really passionate about math and science, but I didn't, I couldn't see that as a career. Um, so long story short, in my freshman year, I was kind of like, really trying to put myself out there to figure out what do I want to do that's uh, somewhat sustainable, but also something that I would enjoy doing. So I kind of fell into marketing, uh, business marketing, because it was sustainable, but also something like creative, like marketers. And nowadays, uh, and this is I graduated back in 2010 from, from university. So like nowadays, marketing majors and everything marketing related has become kind of this big well of not only knowledge but even sustainability because now every company wants to market every company wants to get into media and every company wants graphic designers creators things like that so yeah. that's kind of where, where my headspace is now when it comes to 
like understanding freedom and restriction. It's not about necessarily being a creative for creative sake or being an artist for artist's sake, because I want to, I want to like, you know, live by, uh, be a slave to my whims and live by my emotions, but okay. I, I, can I be creative uh, and be free to create, but also have some sort of boundaries within myself to be like, okay, is this, is this sustainable? Uh, that's why I, I've luckily by the grace of God found this current job I'm in now where I direct media for a finance association. I am not a finance person whatsoever. Don't get me wrong. Um, but <laughs> being able to create and still have it, it kind of dip my toes in the creative pond, so to speak, uh, for a company. And I got this job actually through a small group at my parish. So my boss is Catholic. <laughs> so it, it actually wow. worked out really well. So I'm able to kind of create in this space where I'm comfortable, I'm sustainable, and I'm, but I'm still kind of flexing those creative muscles. But at the same time, I do have a lot of leeway where I could do projects like these and and, and whether they be podcasts, mm-hmm. blogs, um, I'm, I'm now contributing for Array of Hope. It's a Catholic TV network now. And I could still kind of flex and I won't say flex because that sounds very uh, pr- proudful or prideful, but, uh, uh, but really utilize my gifts for God, but still also sustaining my own creative needs as well. Yeah, no, I think that's super well said. I... I agree like that the goal obviously is to be able to sustain a lifestyle and to, you know, Mm -hmm. to make money, but also if we can find that, which it sounds like you have like found this perfect kind of balance of like a great job, but also allows you to be creative with teaching too. I think sometimes people think, oh, I just look at a curriculum and I just like read from books, but that's not the case at all. Like I have to make those lessons come alive. I have to engage my students. So I'm constantly, even though I've taught for 12 years, like I have to create find new ways and to be creative. And that's what I love about my job. It keeps it fresh. Like I have to be um, constantly like creative with my lessons and think of new things. So um, I think I also have found kind of like the perfect blend, which I'm grateful to God, you know, that, that is, that is God's gift for sure. Um, We had mentioned a little bit before we started chatting that there was a different translation that you kind of liked from this verse. Do you mind maybe reading that? Oh yeah, sure. So yeah. So uh, and this is from a little, a little more, a little more of my evangelical uh, exposure in mm-hmm. my twenties. Because a lot, a lot, I don't know. And you could probably clarify this because you're more of the scripture scholar than I am here. But uh, there's a translation, New Living Translation, a bunch of uh, evangelical translations mm-hmm. I used to read when I was in my twenties. Uh, Ephesians two ten. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. And it, I don't know. If you could probably uh, speak to this more than I can. But I've, I've in my Protestant circles and my Protestant uh, Bibles that I used to own too, uh, a lot of them said we are God's masterpiece. Whereas when I kind of came back and had my reversion to the Catholic faith uh, about four or five years ago, all the Catholic books I would read and all the scriptures I'd read in mass were all oh, for we are God's handiwork. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you could speak to that, if there's a, a difference in tra- or a reason for the difference in translation. Both of them speak to me personally, but I just want to kind of double yeah. check with you and check in. Yeah. I really wish my, I have, I have many guests that are very knowledgeable in like Hebrew and Greek. And I wish that I were more so I'm sure there, there are <laughs> reasons why we use handiwork and not masterpiece, but I'm not familiar with the Greek and like what it would be the most accurate um, mm-hmm. translation. But I don't know if, if accuracy really matters here with this particular, I think both of the sentiments are the same. And I know a lot of like evangelical translations are trying to just make it more today language. And so I think yeah. the Second translation, the latter one you just read, does make it a little more tangible maybe for people. Whereas, you know, if I read this translation from the USCCB about my to my students, they'd be like, do they just hurt? They just zone out. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. handiwork, handiwork. What the heck is that? You know, like created in Christ for the good works. Like just it doesn't talk like how we would talk. So I feel like what you just read is more like how we would actually speak. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it's like 
you know, better or worse or less accurate. Yeah, I, I like both because they both evoke the same thing, but also kind yeah. of focus on different things. So like uh, for the the Catholic or at least the USCCB translation I have here of uh, handiwork versus masterpiece, right? And I could yeah. be wrong. I'm not sure if it's necessarily Catholic or Protestant, just my own my own experience with scripture. Uh, but I feel like handiwork and masterpiece are two kind of different. They connote two different yeah. things, but also yeah. they they kind of mean the same thing at the same time. So I feel like with handiwork, I, when I think of handiwork, I think of like DIY, uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of ho- like going to Home Depot and trying to yeah. fix something in my house, kind of like fix like like fixer upper kind of stuff. Where yeah. masterpiece, I think of going to like I don't know the MoMA or going to a museum yeah. and looking at like a fine piece of abstract art and just kind of pondering. Like I, I think of uh, that scene from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off <laughs> where they're kind of mm-hmm. in like the museum looking at those different types of art pieces or whatever. And I think like masterpiece and handiwork for me kind of signify different things, but also mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of shows where we are as human beings where or maybe stages of our lives. So like uh, handiwork for me is also like a work in progress. And I feel like I am definitely a work in progress for sure. A thousand percent. Uh, whereas masterpiece is something that you could kind of look look back on and be like, oh wow, like the Sistine Chapel, or you know, uh, going to uh, uh, the Guggenheim or something. You could look back at a piece of art and really uh, appreciate it and take time to to relish in it. And I think we, we as humans have both sides of that, where sometimes we are a work in progress. Sometimes we are, um, you perhaps you know the the pieces of carpentry that Saint Joseph is working on on occasion, or sometimes we could be like the grandness of the Sistine Chapel, right? Uh, And that's just, you know, how human nature is. That's how our relationship with God is. So I kind of like the duality of handiwork versus masterpiece in that sense. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I definitely get those two connotations. They're different, but you said them perfectly. I'm not going to reiterate it. Like I think, Mm. um, you know, handiwork is the work in progress and masterpiece is like, even if it's a work in progress, like we're still, we are the epitome of what God wanted us to be. We are this perfect creation, this, you know, and I think that both are correct. Um, the quote that I read earlier about by, from Francis de Sales uses that word handiwork, which is why I kind of was drawn to it. Cause I don't know if there's something there, if the translation might be a little bit more accurate, the handiwork, but again, I think that both sentiments are great. And I like that we can, I like that we have the different translations. Cause I think it brings out, you know, we, we have conversations like this. Um, what else would you like to say about this verse? Anything else that stands out to you about it? Uh, that's pretty much it on my end. I, the, one last thing that we're now that we're talking about this too is um, kind of tying in uh, being a creative and handiworks and masterpiece, where oftentimes you know working on things, especially whether you're having a, a writer's block or some sort of like obstacle or pain point that you can't kind of overcome. Uh, like I, I meet with like a, a Catholic uh, creatives group, the Catholic Artist Connection. We meet like. We meet most Wednesdays at noon via Zoom, and it's, it's a wide variety of different people from writers, musicians, uh, a lot of artists, visual artists. And one thing that we do kind of not bond over, but we could relate to each other uh, with is, you know, sometimes we have a lot of uh, conflicts of interest, whether that be work, school, relationships, or sometimes just writer's blocks where we're kind of just drained of all creativity, or maybe we can't get past a certain uh, pain point, for example, in our in our work. Uh, so I feel like as, as artists, sometimes we... We, we relish in the handiwork and we are, we are in the depths of handiwork. We're trying to work. We're rolling up our sleeves and digging into something, uh, especially if it's really challenging. And oftentimes uh, there are times to relish in the masterpieces too. Uh, so for example, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I hate to make these all shameless plugs, but these are kind of relevant to my heart now where <laughs> I'm working uh, with Array of Hope. They do a lot of great Catholic content. And uh, we're I filmed some pilots for them, uh, a nice little web series. And they're, the, web, the webisodes or the episodes are coming out in piecemeal now. And 
it's funny because I'm, I'm watching them in real time as they're being streamed. I was not given the final product. They're kind of being showcased online now. And I'm seeing them with my friends and family that are, you know, watching this content with me. And I'm like, it's, it's kind of cool to relish in like, oh, wow, like I did this. This happened. And yeah. to see the, the, the beautiful, brilliant editing that the Array of Hope team did with effects and backgrounds and all this cool stuff. It's kind of cool to see the masterpiece at the end of the day. So I think that's one thing with creatives I want to maybe kind of speak or touch upon here is sometimes we're nitty gritty, you know, sleeves rolled, like hands, hands deep into the work. And other times we can just relish and, and really, you know, uh, observe our, our, our final product as well. And the, 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 those stages come in hills and valleys. Those stages are ebbs and flows of any kind of creative endeavor. Uh, but it's one thing I kind of want to reassure and touch upon as we uh, really, really dive deep into this, this first. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Like as someone who is also considers themselves creative, I think oftentimes, you know, we I mentioned earlier when we were talking about like what gets in our way, what limits or restricts our freedom. And I think sometimes yeah. that is that we think we have our mind on this masterpiece. Like we go in thinking like, oh, I'm going to do the best lesson ever. And, you know, or I'm <laughs> like, or I'm going to create this beautiful, I, I paint on the side because I am a, a classically trained pianist. Like I don't, I that like in and of itself, like you have to be restricted. Like there is a certain way, a right and a wrong of That's how right. you play the, the piece in classical music. So painting is kind of freeing for me because I know I'm not a good painter and I just like experiment. And so it's more that like, I know it's not going to be a masterpiece. It's definitely like the handiwork, me just like getting my hands in it and creating. But I don't know, like that process is freeing. And so I think maybe one of the things while you were speaking about like, you know, the masterpiece and sitting and relishing in that masterpiece is beautiful because maybe we don't see it when we have our hands in it. And and maybe we restrict ourselves sometimes because we think we want that to be the goal. And you know what? Not everything's going to be a masterpiece, you know? Yeah, no, I think I totally resonate with all that too. I think yeah. I was I was talking with some friends about creativity and uh, there's this video I saw, it was an interview with uh, Chris Martin from Coldplay. Like I'm a huge Coldplay fan. And uh, the interview he had, I forget the publication or the interviewer, well, he was talking about catching uh, the creative moments in life. So uh, in terms of writing songs and obviously Coldplay's had like, dozens of hits at this point mm -hmm. in their career and the interviewer was asking him like how how is how does this creative process work and chris martin essentially goes into saying well, well if i have an idea or if there's a calling or a song or a tune or something otherworldly i have to catch it at that very moment i have to stop what i'm doing whether it's a, a, a melody or something i have to stop what i'm doing and just catch it before i, I, I lose mm -hmm. it and oftentimes when you catch those things sometimes those songs aren't the best and sometimes they wind up being you know uh top 40 hits on the radio and uh, billboard charting kind of songs. Mm -hmm. So like there's that, that aspect of trying to catch the moment as a creative uh, where it's like there's, whether for me, if I'm writing things for a Holy Ruckus or Catholic creatives for whatever, or, mm -hmm. or, or back in the day when I was even writing original music and content uh, with the bands I was in, uh, the best experiences of that were, it, they weren't calculated. They were like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write these bullet points right. or I'm going to, you know, hash out this, this progression. No, it was like things happened organically and they weren't really planned. And sometimes you have to catch that moment uh, when it happens. And sometimes, you know, at least in the recording process for me, kind of diving back to my music roots, like some of the best songs that I worked on with the bands I was in weren't heavily produced. A lot of them were just like written in like 15 minutes uh, the guys kind of jamming, figuring things out, and then the song was written within an hour. And those wound up being the best songs because they were the most, I think, authentic or the most, I don't know, uh, I think chemistry-driven kind of tracks. Uh, so I think that that's the last thing I would probably say in, in, in regards to, to masterpieces and handiwork is sometimes uh, when you when there is that kind of calling from God. Now that you know we're both Catholic and we're talking, we're kind of diving into art. If we have that calling from the Holy Spirit, that, that kind of creative uh, of aspiration, that that spirit kind of flowing through us. 
you got to catch that in the moment. And obviously, you know, with, with, with the jobs we have and adulthood that we both live in now, sometimes it's not always possible. But if you can't catch it or be, but put, yourselves, put yourselves in uh, spaces where you can catch that. Yes. And I'm guilty yeah. of this myself. I'm, I'm preaching to the, to the choir uh, internally here where it's like I'm constantly commuting. I'm in New York. I'm constantly moving and doing other projects. So it's like I don't give myself often space to just let God be God and just rest in, mm-hmm. in, in space. And now what I'm doing is I'm really being intentional about my Sundays. And I do music for my, my church here in New Jersey, our, our Catholic church, uh, every Sunday. But I, I make it a point that afternoon, Sunday afternoon, to just literally not do anything like not do chores and obviously things happen on occasion if there's obligations or whatever, but I try my best to not do anything and really not just to be, you know, lethargic or, 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 or sloth like, but to really allow God to enter in. And sometimes I might think of a, a, a piece to write, or I might think of a, a, a section to add uh, to this music project I'm working on. Um, so it's really allowing that space to not only catch these moments, but also allow your space to kind of uh, find yourself and allow God to enter in. Yeah, I think you're right. I think one of the reasons you had mentioned like writer's block or just kind of things that block us, you know, before we were talking about restrictions. And I think that is the time, that limit. So creating that space where we have we have the freedom to let things flow, I think, is is really smart and well said. Like that is how we can let the spirit move is if we actually give him room and like (laughs) make room and make time and make space. So I'm trying to do that in Lent right now. Like I'm trying to do less social media, less scrolling. And actually like last night I I painted a picture just because I had the time. I wasn't on my phone. I was, you know, like I was moved and had that, that time. So just before we wrap up, I just wanted to, my last kind of question, I guess, is I'm such a scripture like nerd and I'm always thinking about like context. What do you think this message would have meant for maybe like the people of Ephesus or like the people that Paul was writing to at the time? Like what, do you have any? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, like these are, I think you're touching base uh, on the the whole aspect that these are letters and like, you know, Paul is writing letters to an attendant audience. And it's funny because God bless him. um, By the guitarist of one of my bands, uh, Joe Diaz, he was my evangelical buddy. I was, it was, we're kind of like the, the Lewis, he was the Lewis in my Tolkien when we were in a band. I was talking about (laughs) scripture and, and, and faith and everything. And uh, he was always more of the St. Paul. Like he was, he would always Mm -hmm. talk about faith. Very, it was, it flowed from him very effortlessly. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, I felt like I was more like a St. Joseph in the Bible. Just like, I don't have any lines. I just do the work. Like, you know, maybe it's the drummer in me, right? Um, but I think maybe in, in this instance, in, in that context, I think Paul is speaking, using his gifts of, of writing to to his intended audience, you know, in this case. And maybe I think, of, I think of it in two ways, right? I think of either maybe he was speaking to people that maybe had creatives or maybe uh, uh, honored or had a certain place for creative types, whether they be artists or creatives at the time. Or it could be a, a way of really encouraging uh, people that maybe are stuck in habitual sin or maybe in, in low mm-hmm. points of their lives or maybe through m- maybe uh, mental health issues that maybe to recognize their, o- their own inherent dignity and worth and value. Uh, one thing I've been really kind of trying my best anyway during the pandemic and now what is this post pre pandemic new normal next normal, whatever we live in whatever <laughs> yeah. whatever the buzzword is right uh, yeah. yeah right um, it's just trying trying our my best to kind of understand okay I have I have inherent worth and dignity I am a child of God I am created by God so to realize that while I can be a handiwork sometimes I could also be a masterpiece sometimes and maybe uh, Paul is encouraging the people here uh, that they are a masterpiece and, yeah. and maybe they are a handiwork and that they're they are a work in progress and also they're they're a people to 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 be relished in as well. 
No, I think that's super well said. I would totally agree. Paul's letters are always meant to be so encouraging. Like I mentioned, like there's always some kind of conflict, especially in the early church of like who has the most right to Christ or like the most salvation or whatever. And he's just trying to say like we're all equal and all of us are. And he always does it in this very, very elegant way, like to you are all a masterpiece or you are. And and I think he is trying to encourage them because obviously they were being persecuted to like relish and like you honor God and who you are and the gifts and that he has good works, you know, for you that you are going to go and, and do and that he's prepared you for. So I think, I think we've covered this from like every angle, which I'm, I'm really grateful for. At the end, I like to give my guests a chance to plug any projects or any websites or social media. So what, what can we check out? Uh, yeah, sure. So you can find everything of of mine anyway. Uh, mattpana.com. It's M-A-T-T-P-A-N-A.com. Um, Matt Panna on all socials. Luckily, I have a very unique name, so I was able to grab a lot <laughs> of uh, the accounts. Um, so I think the only thing I don't have is TikTok. There's another Matt Panna from, I think, Portugal that uh, has my name oh. on TikTok. But every other social media handle, I think, in the the Webiverse is Matt Panna or at Matt Panna for everything else. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I mentioned earlier that I'm working with Array of Hope. They do a lot of great stuff. Uh, you can sign up on their website. They're, they're kind of doing a similar to Formed and all these other uh, Catholic publications where they're starting their own Catholic streaming service. Uh, so, so I'm obliged and also very passionately uh, proud to, to, to plug them and, and talk about them. Mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of awesome stuff. And they gave, they gave me a lot, a lot of reins. So the series I'm working on, it's called Deep Cuts. It is basically me being me. I, I take things from social media that I find very interesting or very uh, intriguing, and I kind of talk about it in a Catholic context, kind of similar to you know Talk Soup or the show The Soup mm-hmm. uh, on, on E, where you just take mm-hmm. random things from pop culture, um, but instead of kind of being crass or crude or, or humorous or uh, ironic, I, I kind of speak in more like the, the Catholic spiritual lens and how we can see these as as uh, young Catholics or as young adult Catholics or as Catholic creatives at that point. So that's... Uh, uh, the link is watch.arayhope.net for that. And then my my socials are all at Matt Panda from there. I love that. I think it's so great that we finally are getting some Catholic media that's like cool and hip because it was rough there for a minute. Like I, as oh, someone yeah. who, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit older and I'm like, there was never, I mean, in teaching, I'm like, there is nothing cool, no videos, mm. no content that I can like show my students that are going to make this, <laughs> this seem cool in any way. So I'm very grateful that there is content being created out there. So thank you for what you're doing. And you all can find a little bit more about me on Instagram at Seven Mile Chats, all spelled out. I'm also on Twitter at Mistruckly1, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1, where I tweet a little bit about what's going on in my classroom. You can follow me there. And I'd love to talk to you about scripture or anything else you'd like to talk to me about. And if you want to be a guest, hit me up. But Matt, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks be to God. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Bye, everyone.